0: D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales. They're in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Darren, we have some news to chat about. I am very excited about today's podcast. It is a pleasure to see you.
1: Nice to see you as well. Yes, in my uh, ever-changing dynamic here in the converted second bedroom slash home office, I have yet found another angle from which to record. So Always good news on that front. And Jordan, you're right. All of a sudden, we were hit with a ton of news with regards to the United Soccer League as we get set for season number two here in San Diego. Nobody better to talk about this than Jeff Reuter. He covers the USL and pro soccer in the United States for The Athletic. And he's good enough for a few minutes here on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Jeff, it's Darren and Jordan. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, I when you said there was a bunch of news to talk about, I was assuming it was about Barcelona, given the scarf in your background. So I'm going to suddenly have to readjust and not talk about arrests, but that's okay. We can, we no. can talk about soccer stuff too. No.
1: Yes, well, we can talk about the Copa del Rey second leg against Sevilla, if in fact you want. <laughs> uh, if we have time at the end of this, Jeff, we certainly can get there. But we had the announcement of a preseason schedule here. We had the announcement of a different structure for season number two. Uh, let's start there. Jordan and I will we'll talk a little bit about this, but San Diego Loyal is in the Pacific Division with Phoenix Rising, Orange County Soccer Club, Las Vegas Lights, Oakland Roots, super excited about them, LA Galaxy 2, Sac Republic, and Tacoma Defiance. Uh, we'll get into the other divisions, but uh, your thoughts here on on where USL is headed in 2021 with four different divisions and two conferences.
2: Yeah, so the, the schedule, uh, and of course everything, I, I think that after 2020, we've learned that there's only so much that we will assume will stay static and we will embrace changing chaos as the world continues to throw it at us. So the plan right now is that every single team in the group will play each other Four times. So twice at home, twice away against each opponent. That's going to bring you to, in the case of the Pacific Division, 28 games. And then there will be four other games against either other regional opponents, which would be in the opposite same conference division, or it would be cross-conference, which is the first time that cross-conference play uh, is actually an option at this point, which is frankly exciting. And I know that a lot of players and coaches have been yearning for that potential to kind of stack up, not just because you want to. I mean, like, look, everyone would want to play you know, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, Louisville City, if you're in the Western Conference. But I think that there's also scouting. This is getting way ahead of every other team's season. But inevitably, once a team gets to the USL Championship final, they have no idea how to adequately assess where they stack up. I I remember talking to both Louisville City and Real Monarchs before the last final that was actually played. And, And they were both you know, just trying to say, okay, well, the guesswork you have to do, and you say, we're a four seed. Okay. So we're probably as close as possible to Indy 11 that year. So how does Indy play against Louisville? It's just a mess, right? It's not transferable. So now if you have a couple of games like that, it does help. Um, I mean, like, I think that that is good. I understand uh, wanting to branch out and not just have groups of, you know, four to six teams and, and, and really try to make sure that you have a little bit more diversity of schedule and are not playing the same opponents over and over and over. But inevitably of course that will happen fatigue matchup fatigue will set in when you're playing the same team four times in a year so it'll be very interesting to see how those third and fourth games are approached because i know that when the third and fourth matchups were in play for some of these games last year they felt a little dead rubber. So it will be interesting to see how that happens with a full ish 32 games slated for the year. But um, Hey man, I'm just ready to watch domestic soccer again. Honestly, there's only so long that I can sit here in my little cave in Minneapolis, Minnesota and be uh, you know, I trying to conceptualize what soccer in America looks like. So yeah. It'll yeah. Work. And
1: we still owe you drinks, by the way, don't forget, we still owe you beers from the very first time that we had you on the podcast. When oh, you were I'll take the beers.
2: Our- I will take the beers from your sponsor. And,
1: Anyone else? You got to make your way out here to San Diego, Uh and there's a lot of really tasty matchups, Jeff. I do have one question though about about the Pacific Division. You know, because I I feel like we know who Orange County is, and I feel like you know we'll get to know Oakland, et cetera. But there's been one change in the offseason and and having two MLS two clubs like LA Galaxy two and Tacoma in the in the Pacific Division, okay, like we, we sort of know there. But what's the deal with Vegas? Vegas signed a deal with Mm -hmm. LAFD. I don't fully understand what it is. Is it full-blown MLS at two or is it something else?
2: Yeah, so this is all per my reporting. It's still pending finalization from the USL, but I mean, according to my sources, which I actually checked on this this morning, not knowing this would come up, um, they see no hurdles. Of course, there could always be a hurdle, but that's why you play Super Mario. So the idea here is that it will be a hybrid affiliation. So I guess you are looking at something akin to either what Rio Grande Valley did or Reno did last season. RGV now is of course fully independent with a little bit of a a loan down partnership with Houston and Reno is unfortunately no more. Um, So Las Vegas will still control their own business. They will have their fan base. My understanding is they will keep their branding as well. They will still be the lights. They will play games in Las Vegas. However, the whole sporting operation will be uh, maintained, funded, and hosted by LAFC. They will be training, living out of Los Angeles seven days a week. They will be sleeping in their own beds. And then when they go to home games, they will travel. My understanding is that's like a four-hour bus ride. Is that give or take? You know the I'm geography do, much do, better do. than I do.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. I got one quiet nod, which isn't great for podcasting because it's not a visual medium, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the, the idea, though, is that um, they will travel on game days and their home games will feel like away days, which means that it's kind of a neutral site team, which is really bizarre. Um, even by lower division soccer in America standards, that's very bizarre. So... They will be working through that. They will be training, though, with LAFC's first team. Not a bad perk. They will be working with LAFC's academy, which is a very talented academy, which has not been given a chance to have players really play, as last year was really the first year they started to see a a, a sizable portion of homegrown signings, and they just – I mean, they couldn't loan them down because of last year's – Uh, restrictions for loan downs and recalls uh, which will probably still be in play frankly for the beginning of the 2021 season for major league soccer and the united soccer league so yeah i mean like look there's still a lot we don't know right Uh, i mean taylor twelman reported earlier uh, i think that was on friday that steve shirundalo would be the head coach so it's a familiar face certainly for bob bradley for john thorrington Uh, in the sporting staff you would imagine there would be some synergy in trying to play like lafc so that is likely how they would look um I think what's going to be most interesting to me, though, is that Las Vegas lights weren't really a team that was seen or notable for their sporting merit to begin with. Right. And so as you were like building your schedule, as you were looking at how many matchups you would have by the second or third time, Vegas always seemed like they were found out regardless of who the coach was, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know if that was funding of the roster. I don't know if that was a uh, you know, prior to- prioritization, if you will, of uh, llamas and helicopters. And all this other stuff that they had going on in game days which brought fans in right but now they're making such a, a sharp pivot and they're going to be an mls2 team for the for you know all intents and purposes um it will be very interesting to see how the fans embrace it but also if that changes how competitive they are within the usl because um i want to say if they've made the playoffs since they got founded they've done it once um, and and so it will be very interesting to see how that changes their fates
0: Uh, I'm interested about one of the teams that we're going to see um, San Diego preparing, obviously for the Pacific division. Uh, We've seen Vegas, we've seen LA, we've seen orange County. We have yet to see Oakland. Can you tell us about the
2: Oakland roots a little bit? Even more of a mystery than the lights. (laughs) Um, I I mean, like, look, they've, they have gone, they've undergone a coaching change. They made a little bit of a hierarchy shift later in the game than I think a lot of people expected. Um, and, And so You know, there's still going to be some sort of figuring out of what this team wants to be, what they're going to be, what their identity will be um, uh, under the new head coach. So uh, the roster is also still, by and large, under construction, or there are players, you know, there's a few players that will be uh, recognizable for... Um, USL fans, there's a uh, Sally Mohammed who played for uh New Mexico United last year. There's Walfall who's played across a few different teams in the league. Uh Akeem Ward has been a right back for the last couple of years in the league. Um Tariq Murad, I believe, signed with them as well. I'm just trying to pull the names off my head at this point. Um, but they will be an expansion team. And, and having seen an expansion team last year, um, there are some growing pains that come with it, regardless of who's on the roster, who the coaches. is. So uh, they will still be working through those. They also do have a difficulty where they weren't playing in NISA. NISA is right now, for all intents and purposes, um, an idea still after three years of existence, it is still an idea. They have not played full seasons. They've not played partial seasons. They have not played um, more than a handful of games. So Oakland is also still trying to build what its actual culture will be. As a club, they are a darling, right? They are a club that everyone who follows American soccer likes. They've they've got the branding, right? Their, Their culture mission statements are all so strong and so much stronger than a lot of other professional sports organizations in the world. They have like, you know, the, the chief purpose officer is something that's just unheard of for clubs, and that's something that's tremendous, but now they have to play soccer, and they are going to be figuring that out, they will finally be a soccer club that plays soccer, and nobody really knows how that'll look, nobody really knows how competitive they will be. Um, I, I think that if you look at the rest of the Pacific division, um, they may struggle. I think that I'm looking and I'm seeing four teams that I would say are pretty clearly going to be in that kind of upper echelon. So it, it will be very interesting to see how they fare in their first year. But the fact that they will actually be playing games, I know is something that they're looking forward to, and that will be to their advantage.
0: Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited to see them. Um What what do you think the ceiling is for San Diego this year? I have to ask about SD loyal going into year two. Um, what are your expectations? What do you think they're
2: able to accomplish here in 2021? I think there's no reason they shouldn't be challenging for top two in the division. Um, I, I, think that look, the, the off season has been very strong. Um, you know, with uh, Tomas Veconsile, with uh, Jack Blake coming in, um, Corey Hertzog. you know, those are three players that I think any club would want to be adding. Uh, they have retained a solid core. Um, Trey Muse will be a very capable goalkeeper, I think, if you're looking to replace John Kempen, of course, we'll see if there is some clause in his loan. I don't know this for a fact, one way or the other, but it will be interesting to see if he has a clause that he can't play against Tacoma and then given Tacoma's history, it'll be interesting to see if that matters. Sorry. So we'll (laughs) find out how that all goes along. Um, But I do think that their roster is very strong Um, Donovan certainly came into his own towards the end of the year as a tactician as well. And, and in making in-game adjustments, how much does he progress in year two will be very interesting to see because again, he's a young coach, right? So there's still going to be some formulation. There's going to be, how do we integrate new players into a team I've already had. Um, but those are good problems because it means that you have a team that was worth keeping to some degree. So I do think that you're looking at, um, Phoenix, San Diego, uh sacramento orange county and los dos are probably the the five that you would point at and say okay these are the ones who will probably be challenging for the the top four places um if you're assuming that the top four get into the postseason i don't know the playoff structure yet i don't know if the league knows it but top half of each group seems like a pretty safe guess based off of last year as well so it'll be interesting to find out but frankly this is a playoff roster and they should live up to that expectation
1: and uh, Jeff, last thing, and, and obviously this last thing could probably take about another 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> the news on Sacramento this week, it, it's disappointing and it's disappointing for us here because you know we know Warren Smith really well, who's the president of SD Loyal, who worked so hard at helping get Sacramento Republic up and running and putting it in a position where it received the expansion bid for Major League Soccer. I don't know what the future is. I know you reported on this earlier this week at The Athletic. It was an amazing piece. You talked about all the cities that are now potentially in play. But where do you think we're going here? Not only with Sac Republic, but also the ripple effects from the news that their lead investor was was pulling out a guy who, by the way, lives here locally. This this Burkle guy lives here in San Diego. Uh, What do you where do you think we're heading here with this?
2: Yeah, that is going to be one of the major stories in American soccer for 2021. And to my, I mean, to increase my workload if I need to, I, it's not going away anytime soon. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a cleanly resolved saga. It is a saga that has many different tentacles. So if you follow them, the first most obvious one is the Major League Soccer bid, Um per our sourcing uh, in a report that I wrote with Paul Tenorio, Sam Stasekull, and Meg Linehan over at The Athletic on Friday night, um, any future owner who wants to keep the, the the momentum going for Sacramento to join Major League Soccer as a market will be vetted against any other owner in any other market who is up for expansion. So Sacramento, I, I don't know if people note, I, I saw a couple of tweets about this yesterday, Sacramento has been removed from the MLS masthead. And if you're looking and they have, you know, that every, for anyone who's gone to MLS they have every little club crest. And if you click on it, it goes to the club websites and to the right of the 26, 27, how many clubs are in this league anyways, um, active clubs who will be playing in the 2021 season. There's just like a little bar. And then there were three icons for St. Louis, Charlotte, and Sacramento. Sacramento was stripped from that over the weekend. So uh it is That is not the source that happened after our report. However, um, it will be vetted against any other market moving forward. What markets does that put into play? Well, if you're looking just at the western half of the country, if you're saying, okay, they need to grow that out more so that they can get their geography set and keep Nashville east, which is something that they should look into, in my opinion, then you are looking at markets like Phoenix, markets like Las Vegas, markets like San Diego, frankly, markets like... Um, I could say more, but those are the three that make the most sense to me. Those are the three that you look at and you say, okay, populations, there, interest in professional soccer is there. Uh, potential investors would be there. Um, so those would be the three that you would say that said, I would be very surprised if there is a resolution and there is the announcement of the new, no, we mean it this time, 30th club, Sacramento throw them into the mix as well. Um, the, the new, the kind of redo, I would be very surprised if, that comes anytime in the first half of 2021, I would guess that they're going to be very meticulous about making sure that the owner will want to actually sign the paperwork and make a down payment before they hold a scarf up on the stage. So that could actually come in 2022. Like that is how far this process might go now because they don't want to do the exact same mistake again. They've never run into this before where they've actually announced a market and the market folded because the owner walked away. Um, like you said, we could talk about this for 30, 40 minutes. Uh, the second ripple effect is going to be the NWSL. What's going to happen with that right now? Um, I mean, it's the same owner. Ron Burkle is. Uh you know, working with that group. And there is no indication that that's going to be changing yet. However, you have to keep an eye on it and say, okay, well, what's going to happen if the investor left one, what about the other? They already brought in Jill Ellis, as Meg Linehan and I reported a couple of weeks ago, uh, who's going to serve as kind of overseeing the, the, the tree of soccer, sort of a Landon Donovan-esque role within Loyal um, for the NWSL Club and be the represent- representative and already had been on Board of Governors calls. So what comes from that? Keep an eye on that. Uh, then you also have the USL Club. And, and Republican general. Uh, ben Gumpert resigned yesterday. Um, I'm not sure if that was planned, uh, but he had been such a crucial part over the last few years since Kevin Nagel became or uh, bought out Warren Smith and Joe Wagner of their remaining ownership stakes. He had been such a crucial part of that MLS push and had been kind of the, the, the voice Um, who was doing all the media interviews. So Burkle and Nagel wouldn't have to, Uh, and now he's out and Todd Donovan will take on president role as well as general manager. It's a lot on someone's plate. So it will be very interesting to see how all of that transpires. Uh, There's no indication that this is putting Sacramento Republic in in jeopardy in the short term, but of course, what will this then mean for Kevin Nagel's interest now that MLS fell through? Is he still going to remain interested in the USL or not? Um, I'm not saying this as like, you know, like sometimes journalists will go on podcasts and they'll say things like, oh, who knows? Keep an eye on that. And really, they're saying I know something. I don't know anything on that one. I don't know what the future holds for Republican the USL. I know that the USL would like to keep Sacramento. I know that they like the market. Um, but it will be very interesting to see how that all transpires, if there will be another owner change, or if Nagel is going to be the guy here to stay. I think that's too soon to stay as well.
1: Yeah. and And I know that the body's not not yet cold i mean we don't know but already there's even been chatter around here because there's a stadium being built not too far away from from where we are and and we'll have to just see i have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot more about this here in san diego so jeff we appreciate it we look forward to your reporting please everybody go and subscribe to the athletic because you get a really cool sweatshirt hopefully somewhere down the (laughs) road and beers are definitely on us when you make your way to san diego here for the 2021 season thank you jeff reuter we appreciate it
0: Of course. Take care, guys. All right, Darren. There he is. Jeff Reuter from The Athletic. We had a a ton to get to there. I also wanted to bring up the Open Cup, which I'm going to go ahead and let you know now. I will no longer call it the Open Cup. In fact, that was the last time I will ever say those words, at least for another year. It is officially being called the Closed Cup because that tournament's a bunch of bullshit in 2021. But we do have to give our thanks to Jeff Reuter. Plenty to discuss there, including Major League Soccer. Um, the new divisions, the Pacific Division, we're welcoming Oakland to USL. Las Vegas is a road team forever. And yeah, plenty of directions to go there with Reuter. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, I love it, man. He is great. He really brings some terrific energy. His writing, outstanding. His reporting is exceptional. I think it's great. Uh, I'm sure from time to time, some of his reporting probably gets under the skin of the clubs that would like to release the news <laughs> themselves. But he's really good. And I just think we're, we're lucky Here, especially as a second-year USL club, to have somebody like Reuter on the case. So give him a follow on Twitter, at Jeff Reuter, R-U-E-T-E-R, staff writer at The Athletic. Um, And and that's where you get USL coverage, which is super important. I'm with you about the Open Cup. What a disappointment. Like, what a bummer that we're going to have eight MLS teams. We're going to have the top eight division winners from last year's usl season here which you can't even send reno because they folded, so you gotta give it to sacramento which whatever but now this is going on two seasons i get it it's a pandemic so i don't want to spend too much time pitching about stuff you know we're just fortunate that we're going to have people back in the seats here before too long and we've got a second season with 32 games how freaking awesome is that but i'm with you i think one of the great things about having a usl club was was the idea that you were going to play in the open cops and gosh, I, I, it's just such a bummer that we're not gonna have it here in San Diego for the second consecutive season.
0: Yeah, we'll make it uh even even better when we actually do get a play in that first US Open match. Uh, it's not gonna be this year, it just goes against the exact definition of the tournament, so I don't understand it. Like if you're gonna be able to either put on the tournament or don't, I guess is the way I initially read it. That was my initial takeaway. It's just you can either do it the way you're supposed to, do what the tournament represents, or you, maybe it's not the year for it. Um, I don't understand. Well, I guess I understand the middle ground a little bit, but 2022, I look forward to that. I look forward to actually participating in that tournament. Yeah. We just have to wait a little right. longer.
1: And, and I know that the argument will be, well, hey, it's better than nothing. But you know, it actually, it literally is nothing if you're not involved in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's better than nothing if you're one of the teams that gets to participate. But here it it is nothing. So, you know, that, that's sort of the, the hardship, like, how are you and I going to sell the U S open cup? I always felt like it was completely underrated and it should garner more attention than it gets here in this country, which is another story, but, you know, not to be involved with it, it's going to become an even tougher sell, you know, being able to explain it. Like, like for me, I always think, how do I explain things through the prism of sports talk radio, but that said, like, you know, you can't sell a U.S. Open Cup on, on radio unless you're actually involved with it. And then here comes LAFC or here comes the Seattle Sounders, et cetera. So anyhow, a huge bummer. But somewhere someday down the road, we will be participating and we will be there. Speaking of Jordan, how about this preseason schedule for SD Loyal sort of sneaking up on everybody? I I didn't know that we were having a preseason schedule release where matches are starting on the 13th of March. That's right around the corner from us.
0: Uh, Yeah. So now we know the preseason schedule. We know who is in the division, the Pacific division. We know how many times you're going to play those teams. You know how many games are going to be in your regular season. We don't know the playoff structure yet. Jeff kind of mentioned that in the interview. Um, I wish we had the opportunity to dig in on a few other things. That was one of them that I wanted to bring up. What do you expect the playoff structure to look like? Um, He kind of gave a little bit of an indication, a little bit of a clue what the expectation is, top four. Um, But that is definitely not official. Um, We don't know what's going to happen there. But he did say San Diego top two. I'm excited to see them. Um, top two is a ceiling I should say not definitely finishing top two but we do get our first glimpse at this team that could potentially win the Pacific uh, coming up on the 13th like you mentioned I I was really I was very happy when I saw the graphic when SD Loyal tweeted out the preseason schedule announcement Um, I was really I was excited for clearly the MLS team's um, I was really excited for New Mexico for whatever reason, like I was especially excited to see New Mexico on that schedule. We're not going to see them. They're not in the Pacific, um, but we get the opportunity clearly, um, coming up in the preseason. And then there's the the mystery date in late March as well. I, I think they knocked it out of the ballpark.
1: Is it a mystery date?
0: <laughs> you or do me. we
1: all or do we all sort of know that we're just waiting for some sort of official clearance? here from a certain club that may or may not exist geographically somewhere about 16 miles to myself. I don't know. I I mean, obviously, I think that they're trying to to reserve a date here with the Liga Amaki's club. And if that possibility exists to go ahead and schedule Cholos, then then that's what they would prefer to do. So I I see everybody tiptoeing around that on social media, but I think we're all somewhat of the understanding here that what they're trying to do is hold that date open so that they can schedule a friendly and a preseason match for for loyal against cholo so i hope that works out because jordan obviously you and i have history with both and we
0: would certainly love to see that on either side of the border uh absolutely absolutely um hopefully in the future we will get to do the home and aways i remember years ago doing the home and away with la galaxy and club tijuana when they were paired off um that was that was really fun that's like one of my favorite sequence of matches i've ever been to going to la for that and then traveling down to tijuana uh club tijuana taking care of la What's landon playing then I need oh to i look remember that. i
1: remember seeing landon playing in Estadio uh, stadio caliente but i think that that was Concacaf cap champions league because we went down remember mm-hmm. we went down galaxy that? galaxy was playing at Estadio caliente we were walking through the parking lot and <laughs> we were getting catcalls like Landon Donovan, you go back to Los Angeles. And we're like, no, 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 no. We're like we're here to root for Club Tijuana. Like we're all about Cholos. We're not here for LA Galaxy. And they were like, what, what? Like people just didn't understand in Tijuana why we were rooting for Cholos.
0: Uh, yeah, that was like too. So I went to the first leg. Like, I went to the one in Los Angeles. I remember I went with a different friend. Um, and then you and I went down to TJ for that one. That was great. I hope we get to do that with SD loyal in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, preseason schedule looks great. I think they did a really good job with it and hopefully we have more announcements coming up. Um, By the way, it also sort of tells you too,
1: like about the time when the season's going to begin. So if you're playing your final preseason match on April 17th, and then there you go, like that first weekend, that, that last weekend in March 24th, 25th, is about when certain clubs are going to start playing for the USL. So probably going to be right there somewhere in that weekend, Jordan, at the very latest early May. So like we have an idea now, even though we don't know the, the times and you know,
0: obviously getting fans is another question. But at least we know when the season's going to begin. Uh, one of the other subjects that we brought up there at the very tail end, I'm glad you did bring it up to Jeff Reuter, was what happened with Sacramento. Um, We were under the impression that Sacramento, we were going to enjoy our time against Sacramento for a very limited amount of time uh, in USL before they were going to be on their way to Major League Soccer. I remember talking about that several times uh, during the season, both on the podcast, but then also down on the field when Sacramento was in San Diego. I remember just kind of having the conversation, looking around like this is a future MLS team. Um, like It's fun that we get the matchup when we do. And clearly everything has changed. (laughs) <laughs> Not just in Sacramento, uh, it feels like it's definitely changing in San Diego as well. That's some pretty big news that came out recently.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, all of a sudden, now you and I start having flashbacks to working in local radio, where we were talking about MLS to San Diego and the fight for Mission Valley, and we all know how that that saga here in bringing pro soccer to town, how that one ended, and that actually, in my opinion, Jordan plays a rather significant role in potentially bringing an expansion team to San Diego. Now, I feel bad saying this, and I feel bad saying this for Warren Smith, because you and I both know Warren, who's the president and founder of Loyal, but he poured his heart and soul before he got here into San Diego into Sacramento Republic. And I know he tweeted out how pissed off he was, he was disappointed, he was heartbroken for Sacramento. He also went on to clarify that like he is now most certainly committed to San Diego Loyal. I don't know that that they wanted to jump into the Major League Soccer expansion talk in 2021, but their name is being tossed around by Jeff Reuter, by other soccer reporters here in this country, because if it's not going to work in Sacramento, then Phoenix, Tampa, Detroit, San Diego, this all gets put back into play. So here we go again with potential mls expansion talk and will we miss again on this opportunity because you know we missed the first time that we had a legitimate chance at expansion how is it going to work this time who are the key players going to be you know to me having san diego state open up a stadium in 2022 is actually a good thing for anybody who's thinking about mls expansion here because you do have a place to play now maybe this isn't your permanent home but you do have a potential place to play let's say for five seven ten years however long it takes so that you don't need a, a stadium plan right away now you might have that in other markets you might have that in places like phoenix and you might have that even in sacramento But if you could figure out the funding, you could say, well, what we're going to do is we know you want this market. We know you love our television ratings. You know, you love our culture. If somebody were to financially support this, you can say, we'll start at San Diego State West. That stadium has interesting architectural features that haven't been talked enough about that they're not planning on putting those canopies over the top, but it's built so that you could add canopies if you wanted to, if you wanted to have professional soccer in that building. The grade is a little bit steeper, not as steep as someplace like LAFC. So it's manageable. It's manageable to me. I don't view it as a permanent long-term option for an MLS expansion franchise. I don't view it that way. Maybe others see it differently, but having a stadium, Jordan up and running in 2022, and that place is going to be up and running in 2022. I mean, anybody who lives in San Diego can see what's happening in mission Valley. It's, amazing it's mind-blowing how quickly this has happened so being able to say well we can use this this would help us this will help our bid this will even help san diego state in that they probably need some some dates filled right they don't want to just play six or seven mountain west conference games and a holiday bowl or whatever so this gives them a bunch of dates but who's going to finance it Who's going to finance it? Now, is there enough financial backing for SD Loyal that they can convert a USL club into an MLS team? I don't know. This guy, Ron Burkle, who Jeff Reuter just talked about, who was the chief financier for Sacramento Republic, he lives in San Diego. And he was rumored to be involved in the past with trying to bring an MLS expansion team here to town. I mentioned this on the radio the other day, and I had a 1904 fan chime in and say dude do you not realize that 1904 has been here longer than sd loyal and he put me in check on that they've got funding from dembaba eden hazard and eden hazard didn't playing for real madrid so he got nothing but time and money on his hands because he can't even see the field so uh jmi is a company here locally that's always been rumored to to want to bring major league soccer to town. So all of a sudden now you start thinking about, well, where's the expansion money going to come from? Is it $200 million? Is it $300 million? It was 200 to get into Sacramento, it was 300 to get into Charlotte. So who's going to, we don't have answers to these questions, but just as like an out loud thought exercise, Jordan, where's the money going to come from? Or do we pull this all together and say, you know what, everybody, instead of being this this market, which has a bunch of different factions, can we pull it all together Can we all get involved and can we all say, hey, listen, let's let's all collaborate here to try to bring Major League Soccer to town, Mm -hmm. because if we blow this a second time, then the fucking hell with it. I don't ever want to hear about it again.
0: Um, Yeah, so this seems to be very different this time around. I think that was very well said, Darren. That was a very good recap of the situation (laughs) to me. It seems like that this is completely different. This isn't the expansion that we saw years ago where San Diego was in the mix, where it was kind of just your normal round. We're looking at different cities. Uh, Let us know what your group is. Let us know where you're going to play. Let us know where your stadium is. That was a very important thing. This seems very different. This is going to be a little bit more rushed. This is something where Sacramento, out of nowhere or they're just getting their logo ripped off of Major League Soccer's website. So this is going to be something that's very, very different. This isn't something that you actually prepare for. To me, it's been very obvious with Major League Soccer. Who, who's in a power position to actually land a franchise? It's not... It's never been the market that deserves a team most. Um, If it were, I think like Sacramento would have already had probably a team. It would have taken this long. I think Phoenix would already be a team, but they're not a team for a reason. What is that reason? I don't know. I'm sure we can figure it out. But I think the biggest thing, the driving force in Major League Soccer expansion clearly has been stadiums. Has it not? It has been, where are you going to play? Um, what is that stadium going to look like? How many times can we play there? Um, are there other teams there? Is it designed exclusively for soccer? What does it look like? Stadium is the biggest conversation. It is the name of the game when it comes to Major League Soccer expansion. So although that this is different, very different, it's going to be rushed. It's also very similar. You're going to have the very similar conversation. Where are you going to play? Who's your? Where's the money coming from? And where are you going to play? If you have a stadium being built in San Diego, just like San Diego State does, that puts them in a great position. They're in a great, great position. They're getting something accomplished that not many people have been able to do in this town. They are building a stadium in Mission Valley. And now they kind of have exactly what Major League Soccer is looking for. Are we the market? Are we? Does that mean we automatically get a team in San Diego? I don't think so. I think things still need to come together. Money still needs to come together. Deals need to come together. There's a lot of things that still need to come together. But the biggest obstacle in town for the longest time has been the stadium. Where are you going to play? to me the driving force has been stadiums there's a stadium coming in san diego and that puts you very much in the mix for major league soccer i'm
1: with you i'm with you on that it just for me it's it's who has the money who's gonna pony up and we don't even know what the the bill is gonna be you know i i keep and i said this on radio i said to me and obviously you and i are biased because we work with loyal i hope they get first bite at the apple and that's where i had a 1904 fc supporter jump in and say, wait a second here. Yeah. You have completely dismissed this. And, and you know what, In honestly, like that person was right. I, I did. And, and that's why I'm bringing it up here on the podcast because, you know, just because you and I have associated ourselves with a different club doesn't mean that that 1904 is a total non-factor here. They're still in that idea as Jeff referred to it as NISA, but still they've got big name financial backers behind them. On the other side, though, Andrew Vassiliadis is, is um, pretty well to do, from what I understand. Uh, they've got Landon Donovan. You know, They give out the MVP award at the end of every Major League Soccer season. That's called the Landon Donovan Award. So I would like to think that his presence is still somewhat relevant here. And Warren Smith has proven before that he can start a USL club and make it MLS-ready, right up until the point where an investor backed out. Now, that investor lives in La Jolla. His name is Ron Burkle. From what I'm told, he lives next to Steve Altman, who was involved with Soccer City. Oh, my gosh, flashbacks. But um, so, you know, I, I I don't know how this works. Like I said, I, I mean, the, the one area, and and for the record, I love USL. <laughs> I really was looking forward to years of getting to know this league and watching it grow into promotion and regulation. That said, um, I think that you have to, to really – consider this possibility if it's realistic here in town i think that you have to to re-engage on the subject of mls expansion because it's important and you know it's easy for me to say it's not my money but if somebody wants to pony up and, and somebody wants to bring a club like this to town then i certainly would hope it would be somebody who has already started spreading the seeds of soccer here in san diego professionally i would hope that it's not going to be somebody who runs a hedge fund company who's just going to decide, Hey, you know what, this is going to be my little play thing and I'm going to bring it in here. Cause I can sp- just spend a bunch of money. That to me, doesn't have the appeal it's bringing MLS to town, but it just doesn't have the appeal. So, uh, I am very, uh, I'm, I'm apprehensive about all of this because I, I understand that, you know, oftentimes we, it's the crab theory. Everybody just pulls each other down here rather than trying to elevate everybody. But I would I would also like to think that, you know, maybe there's a way here to to see this thing through. And who knows, Jordan, maybe maybe Major League Soccer makes its way to San Diego a lot sooner than you and I would have guessed.
0: Well, I, I think the biggest takeaway, I mean, at least the bare minimum takeaway from what happened is it changes things in San Diego. What happened in Sacramento changes clearly what's going on up there. But it changes what's happening in San Diego. It does change other markets as well. We're not the only market with our ears perked up all of a sudden because there's a spot available. Um, but things that, at, at the very least, the dynamic has completely changed here in San Diego when it comes to Major League Soccer.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, I, if you would have said to me, well, when do you think Loyal would be in a position where it might make a move or you know be – interested in mls expansion i would have guessed after the world cup in 2026 you know you sort of ride that wave of momentum here in north america and you ride it into an expansion club and who knows what the future is with mls and liga mx if there's ever going to be some sort of merger you'd figure it somewhere down the road around the world cup before the world cup maybe make the announcement after the world cup you put it into place i don't know But I I think that that's even a timeline that they themselves would have been comfortable with. But now, you know, now this is, you know, this is this is another crack at it. You know, this is this is potentially a redo. And I know they haven't said much. You know, they haven't said anything. And there's been just speculation and, and a minimal amount of reporting from people like Jeff and and others about Sacramento and if it's not going to happen there. Gosh, I'd hate to lose Sacramento as as a really, really terrific soccer city because what they've done there, 10,000 fans each and every year at Sac Republic has been amazing. As a matter of fact, when I saw the divisional alignment today, I was like, God, this I got to get to Sacramento. Great away trip. Sacramento would be a great away trip. Oakland would be a great away trip, right? Phoenix would be. I hope we don't completely lose Sacramento here because somebody decided to pull out financially during a pandemic. But, you know, Jordan, uh, you you know, this is, this is now, uh, this has now created a little bit of a buzz here in town to to see what could happen potentially. And it probably accelerates everybody's timeline.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm probably a little naive. Okay. I'm definitely naive, but when he, when Jeff said earlier in that interview that Sacramento, like there was questions just around the club overall yeah. Uh, but this is more than just their their bid to Major League Soccer and their promotion to Major League Soccer, essentially, in the way that it works here. Um, I, I was kind of like blown away when he said that. I was not aware that there was questions around the club. Uh, clearly, the Major League Soccer move has changed, but yeah, yeah. that's that's alarming. Um, and I'm here's what I wrote.
1: The- here's what I wrote in my notes, just to to finish this thought. I said, uh, locally, who could resurrect expansion chatter financially? I put SD Loyal there. These are all questions. JMI, because John Moore's company has always been linked to soccer. He's tried to buy Premier League clubs. There was this story that he always held the local rights to an MLS expansion franchise. JMI helped San Diego State build this stadium. I said, where are the Stone guys? Where's Nick Stone and (laughs) Mike Stone? Maybe they're still hovering around. Maybe they want to bring MLS to town. Who knows? And then I said 1904 because Ademba by Eden Hazard, because, you know, they have been here for, for
0: quite a while. So maybe I'm missing somebody. Tell me who it is. 1904 is an interesting one. I don't know the answer to this and I should, so I apologize, but I'll just go ahead and just say it. I don't, where are they playing now that the stadium's gone? Do we know? I can figure that out and I probably shouldn't have said it here on the podcast, but we'll figure it out. I've
1: I've seen pictures of where they played. Um, it's obviously at a much smaller venue than Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to say it was, was it Southwestern or was it Grossmont? Um, ah, sorry. I think it's one of those. Yeah.
0: But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's stadiums going to talk and money's going to talk. I think we can all agree on that. There's no question.
1: And really kind of good. exciting, but also kind of um, terrifying at the same time for those of us that had to live through that soccer and San Diego State West stuff. There was a lot of hurt feelings after that, right? Like from people who were back in soccer city, people who were back in SDSU West. I wouldn't let any of that stand in the way. If you got to listen to some San Diego state fans say, see, we always knew that you guys would play in our stadium then fuck it. Who cares? Just deal with it. Just get the team here to town, figure out where your long-term home is going to be somewhere down the road. But I would, I would not worry all that much out of, I wouldn't cut my nose to despite my face is what I'm saying.
0: Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. You can get a stadium built in this town. That's that's an accomplishment right there. And you can put yourself in position to get Major League Soccer. Um, That's another accomplishment. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. Clearly, it's not easy to do in this town. So you put yourself in a spot to actually accomplish it. I think that's a big deal. We covered a lot with Jeff Reuter. If SD Loyal don't make the playoffs, I will be shocked. This is clearly a playoff team, not just because the talent. But if the assumption is that the top four are going to advance into a postseason this year in USL, there's no way you're going to find four other teams, not named San Diego in the Pacific, that are headed to the postseason.
1: I got a hashtag for you. If they don't make the postseason,
0: what? No. Uh,
1: hashtag Landon out. Oh jeez. <laughs>
0: My my initial thought process, like you wanted to tank for someone. I'm like, that's that's a very different sport. We can't tank for anyone. Um, <laughs> landing out, yeah. I mean, listen, if you don't make the playoffs this year, I think, I think the seat is definitely warm. There's no question about that.
1: I would say so. #Hashtag Nate Miller in. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Nate. We know he listens to the podcast. But yeah, I think expectations should be higher. You know, this is the second year and it's only a second year. But when you look, and I don't know, I still don't understand what Vegas is doing. I mean, for fuck's sake, what is that? They're traveling on fucking game day. And you it's got garbage. two other MLS, <laughs> two teams. Oakland, I'm super excited to welcome them in to the USL, especially in the Pacific Division.
0: But yeah, I'm, I'm also with- excited to beat them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you bring in the caliber of players that Loyal brought in and we're still waiting, there still might be another surprise or two here, a nice surprise, then, yeah, absolutely. I think they expect to be a postseason team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it. Tell me, give me four teams I would finish above. Phoenix, you can argue, could finish above San Diego. You could argue Orange County. I'm not going to have that argument, but you could have that argument. Scumbags, Orange County? I mean, Sacramento, I was just told they may not even play another match ever. So I don't know what to do with that. Oakland, Vegas is
1: traveling on game day. Clowns. Yeah, what's that all Vegas
0: about? is a road team forever. Tacoma is lucky to be in this league. They're only in this league because they have an MLS team. And then, <laughs> I mean, Phoenix, so I think we can all say Phoenix is going to get through. But I would not be shocked if San Diego win the Pacific. We actually get a longer stretch. You tell me last year, 2020, you give me this amount of games in 2020, San Diego probably wins that division.
1: 32, absolutely. They got so much better as the season went on over 16. And remember, it wasn't 16, it was 14 because Loyal played two and then they had to pick back up again and play 14. Where are you looking forward to travel? Give me the away trip that you're most excited for inside of the Pacific Division. We have to wait and see who they're playing out of division.
0: i'm uh Ah. i'm going northern california i'm going northern california i'm torn between two i'm torn between oakland and sacramento
1: yeah maybe they'll play back to back and we can just sort of we can go to oakland then we can go to wine country and then we can go to sacramento
0: yeah i I mean we have i have family up there we got a place to stay um i got a few connections in wine country i have a feeling you have a few connections as well um sacramento and oakland yeah let's couple that couple that trip together, span those out like five, five days apart. We'll do both. Do that like Wednesday, Saturday. Isn't that what it is in USL? Wednesday, Saturday, we'll do that week yeah. up there. Do a couple of shows from the winery. I um, the
1: podcast every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, we're good. We're there it is. We've already, we just we just made our schedule. How about that? Are we even coming back? I don't even know. Um
1: fuck that shit. Staying right where s- we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, 32 games. I like it. I. I think they. I think top two is very well said by Jeff Reuter and I don't think anyone should be surprised if they actually win the thing. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm all for it. Otherwise, uh, we're just putting you on notice, Landon.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Landon out. I was not expecting to hear that on today's podcast. <laughs>
1: Hey, man, I'm not taking any prisoners this year. We
0: don't have time to mess around. We don't. We don't. Let's go win the damn thing. Um, I think we got to everything. I I think that was good. I think that was a very efficient podcast today, Derek. You don't
1: want to give us 60 seconds, which is probably 59 more seconds than it deserves on Manchester United nil, Chelsea nil?
0: No, instead, I want to know what the hell's going on with Barcelona. Barcelona's president hired a company to tweet things negatively about Lionel Messi and other players. Do I have this right? Yeah, good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh,
1: four executives.
0: Is happening.
1: Four executives. Well, uh, two former executives, right? Two former, one former, the former president, and uh, a couple of current executives were uh, thrown in jail uh, for an investigation into, into this ridiculousness that they were... Putting out on social media, the, the allegation is that the club hired a social media company that started a smear campaign against Messi, PK Pep Guardiola, other potential candidates. Uh, election coming up here on March 7th, which I believe is Sunday or Monday or whatever, the, the uh, five days away, whatever that is, as we're recording on a Tuesday night. So uh, yeah, let the good times roll. I, I think a lot of supporters are sort of happy that the president has been arrested, and I think some of them are also embarrassed that is being dragged like this, but hopefully, Jordan, this is the road to recovery. And in the meanwhile, got the second leg of the Copa de del Rey semifinal on Wednesday against Sevilla, trying to climb out of uh, two goals to none hole
0: um, Welcome to rock bottom, first of all. Uh, second yeah. of all.
1: <laughs> well, hey, this is rock there bottom you. in the semifinals of the Copa del Rey. No. Second on the table in La Liga. And still technically alive in the Champions League
0: (laughs) against PSG. Smear campaign. A smear campaign against the legends of your club. You gave me shit, my club shit, for hiring Frank Lampard, a club legend. Like, we we take pride in our legends. We give our legends opportunities to spread their wings and to fly. You guys hire companies. (laughs) to do smear campaigns against your club legends and then they're going to walk away for free this is insane to me this is a wild wild story i will give you a couple seconds on chelsea manchester united although it is not even nearly as interesting as what's happening in spain right now um that is every chelsea manchester united match my friend you tune into chelsea united that is most likely what you're going to be handed You're going to get nil-nil. I think United probably have won more than Chelsea lately. But don't let that get in the way of what I want to tell you. And what I want to tell you is that they always finish nil-nil. That's how that's going to go down. Um, No one felt good. United fans don't feel great. Chelsea fans don't feel great. Um, And fans who like tuned in, neutrals, don't feel great. It was just a bunch of bad sex. That's all that was. So we do a
1: segment on the radio show, a bunch of bad sex. I like that. We do a segment called your best bet of the day and on fridays what i try to do people have said hey why don't you you know, suggest some soccer matches for us so on friday my best bet is whatever the weekend slate is for um, for the soccer schedule and so i said so saturday uh we've got uh sevilla and barcelona which totally lived up to the hype it was a terrific terrific match it was a league match It really, it was great. Barca played a 3-5-2, which if you know anything about Barca, that's very unusual for them. But they played great. Messi scored an amazing goal. And I also recommended, oh, and definitely on Sunday, you should wake up early and you should watch United and Chelsea. And man, I felt like shit for making that my best bet of the Friday afternoon because that could not have been worse. And then we started getting tweets about it and we started laughing about it on Twitter. So. Yeah, it uh, (laughs) it just it it's the last time. My next best bet will be that I'll never recommend a United Chelsea match again.
0: Don't do it. That's a bad bet. That is a bad bet, my friend. That is like a five team thing.
1: Like like against the top six, they just don't play. Like they just don't. Nobody plays. It's just a bunch of nil nils against the top six.
0: They don't get results against the top six. I'm pretty sure United. I I think the numbers back that up. I don't know. I, I guess I don't. What I don't understand. And I was talking to a United fan about this not too long ago. And he's like a very, very smart someone who's in the soccer world professionally. And he's a United fan. And he's like, there's just no identity. Like it's the club he supports and he likes Ole, but he wishes that like Ole provided this identity for Manchester United. Like, you know what to expect. And like you, not to, not that you want to be predictable, but you know what to expect, and you know what you're really go- what you're good at, and you know what you're going to be better at than the opponent. And there just isn't that identity right now with United. Uh, I think Chelsea are cr- starting to create their identity. I think things are on the way up there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that was a bad bet over the weekend. I think that was terrible advice you gave to people on the radio on Friday. Yeah,
1: because obviously what I should be saying is the, the club that you should be watching from the Premier League is Manchester City, right. which is now 21 straight wins. 28 unbeaten, Jordan. You have to go back to November against Spurs of all clubs to find the last time that Manchester City lost the match.
0: Mm. Yeah, they are favorites for a reason. They are extremely talented. They have put together a squad there that is very expensive, clearly, but they are very smart with how they do it. They have pretty much eliminated whatever your strength could possibly be they have a solution for it, and they have a certain lineup to adjust to that. So they have put themselves in terrific position to win a shit ton of trophies, and um, they're about to find out how many they're going to win. They're going to win at least one. They're going to win the league. I hope they win Carabao as well. Champions League, we'll see. FA Cup, we shall see as well. But they're favorites in all of them. But that's what for they've people. done. They've, they have found a solution for any kind of problem you can throw their way. They know the solution. They have a lineup for that problem, and they have a way to beat it. And that's what Manchester Manchester City are right now.
1: Hmm. Well, just imagine what it's going to be like next year when Messi
0: joins. He's going to Paris. Will you stop putting that into the atmosphere, this Messi to Manchester crap? I don't want it. Go to Italy. He should go to Fiorentina. What do you think about that?
1: I don't mind that. I said AC Milan last year in Or Inter Milan, and you guys all laughed at me, but they're playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, they're going to win the league. They have Lukaku. They have a bunch of Premier League players, like former Prem players. It's a very recognizable... I said this to someone. Maybe I'm completely wrong on it. (laughs) Is this rude? This might be rude. Whatever. Major League... Well, how do I say this? The Italian League is exactly what Major League Soccer wishes it could be. I'll is that, that fair? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't mean it in a mean way. What I mean is like you see a bunch of four like very recognizable names, good players who didn't who weren't good enough to stay in the Premier League for a an extremely long amount of time, or maybe they've moved on after years in the league. But there's so many recognizable names. Um, it's a really fun league to watch, and it's on ESPN plus, it's very accessible um there's beautiful stadiums in that league i've been watching more and more lately i don't watch all the time i'm not gonna don't continue for this for someone who knows like a bunch about the league but i am watching more and more um but yeah that was kind of like one of my takeaways when i was watching inter Milan AC Milan a couple weekends ago i was like this is exactly what major league soccer wishes it could be but i i don't mean it in a negative way like it's a it was it's very watchable it's very good so yeah, yeah. and it's really well, bad for major league soccer <clears throat>
1: I think as long as Major League Soccer continues just to build up its cl- club culture, the rest exactly. will follow. You know, that's that's what it is as well. And plus, that's where the, else would you where else can you watch Latan Ibrahimovic with all of his insightful commentary on the world? And where else would you rather watch that player play when you hear all of these ridiculous quotes from Ibra? You know, it's really funny as is, is a couple of guys who are involved in mainstream media, but soccer guys too. I try to stress to everybody like. Cause you know, people on sports talk radio, like would love to turn Ibrahimović and LeBron James into a thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't have to pay attention to Ibra. It's okay. Like nobody really cares what he says. He talks so much and so much of what he says is wrong, but he's just a magnificent footballer. He's a great player. Jordan, the best goal I've ever seen live is probably Zlatan for the galaxy against LAFC. But I keep telling everybody like, cause people are so tempted to and they contact me. They're like, Oh, well, tell us about Zlatan, because we want to bring this up. It feels like it's juicy. I'm like, no, don't give it any spares. Don't give it any oxygen at all. Nobody has to listen to Zlatan Ibrahimović's thoughts on LeBron James and politics. It's okay. We can just let that one go, unless you're hopelessly addicted to arguing. In which case, then have at it. But otherwise, nobody in soccer really takes Zlatan all that seriously.
0: Um, Who wouldn't want to watch Ibra Messi in CR7? playing in the same league for the last yeah. whatever years they have remaining in their career. And that's and what, why I say like major league soccer would sign up for that. Yeah. Clearly they, they would love to have those players for whatever years they could potentially get them. Um, but I would sign up for that. I hope Lionel Messi ends up in Paris. Stop sending him to Manchester. Stop it. Stop it. I'd, I'd be okay. Well, I just want to see him in Pep.
1: I, I mean, that that would make me happy seeing that if I couldn't see it in Barcelona, then I would love to see it someplace, but I'm with you. And don't forget about our guy Weston McKennie as well weston mckinney representing juventus and continuing nice. the score god i love that guy
0: i do love him yeah of course how could i forget weston McKenney in the conversation of ibra messi and cr7 i'm with you weston. That is our, that is yeah. that
1: is our ibra messi and cr7 yeah yeah sorry i'm sorry i know that one stung a little bit but he is Watch the Copa del Rey, second leg, semifinal against Sevilla. It's Wednesday, 12 noon, ESPN Plus. I don't even know if this podcast will be out by then, but you should watch it anyway. It might be Messi's last chance at winning a trophy for Barça. Doesn't that do something for you? Perfect. I like
0: it. Absolutely. I hope he can win a trophy for that beautiful club that is Barcelona. Because they just don't win. I'm sure
1: I'm with you.
0: Do you think think Messi wants to really give Barca another trophy?
1: Yeah, I think. You do? Okay, I do. I think he loves the club. I think he knows it. It was run by a bunch of shitheads, but I think he does love the club. He understands. You you can see above that president. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Smear campaign. That's great. Um. All right. Shout out Three Punk Ales. Shout out Sport Clips. I'm going to Sport Clips soon. I need to clean up. Especially with this preseason schedule getting announced there. And I got to look good. Are we going to have good.
1: pregame shows? What's the deal, man? Are we back doing pre and half
0: and post? What we, what's you the 2021 schedule? You're my agent. You tell me what's happening. All right. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. i have to get back to you. i have okay. to get back to you. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know. All right. We shouted out our sponsors. Thank you to Jeff Ruder. We have to thank Jeff Ruder as well. He was very, very good. And uh, we will. We will chat with you soon. Check out the website, unnamedsoccerpod.com. That's a good plug at the very end of the hour-long podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unnamedsoccerpod.com. Peace.